So we are continuing in our Reset series today. Pastor Ray is not here, but we're going to be hearing from Pastor Ruben, and he's going to be walking us through redesign. So when I heard that title, I'm like, ooh, is this like HGTV? Because we all like a good design makeover, right? Well, that would be really cool if Pastor Ruben like totally made over the stage. But more important than the rooms that we live in, 1 Corinthians talks about redesigning our life and what we are made to do. And the coolest thing is God created each of us with a purpose, and we're going to talk about that today, is how can we serve him? How can we be designed for him? So let's get started. Well, good morning, Bethel Community Church. How are you? Good, good. Thank you for the response. Uh, man, I got I to gotta say, um, I just want to take a moment this morning, and I want to just highlight, and I want to celebrate uh, you guys, because last week we had our fam jam, and the week before that, we talked about uh, what it would look like to rebuild. And uh, Pastor Ray, we walked through uh, a passage in Ezekiel, Ezekiel where it talked about the children of Israel, all the ones that came back from exile, uh, they actually, or came back from Cactus, captivity, they all were involved. And uh, there was a, a beautiful moment and a beautiful picture of what that kind of looked like uh, last week during Fam Jam, because there were some things that just uh, that happened that needed to be done. And it was so cool to see every single uh, person just jumping in and being involved and doing what, uh, just, just doing what needed to be done. And it was really this beautiful picture for me in my mind of uh, what a church family is that comes together, that it's not any one person doing everything, but it's a church family and a church body coming together uh, and being involved um, and serving one another well. And so I just wanted to say thank you. I want to highlight that uh, because uh, sometimes we don't stop in, t uh, uh, in enough time to really recognize some of those things and begin to uh, just celebrate what God is actually doing in, our, uh, in this church body and as we come together and serve one another. So I, I just wanted to say thank you for that. I wanted to say um, I'm proud of you and I'm proud to be part of this. Um, and in the short amount of time that my wife and I have been here, it's been, uh, it's been really cool because as we get to know more people and as we get to kind of uh, just build some relationships, um, we're falling in love with the people here. We're falling in love with you, and uh, we love doing life uh, with you. And so we're excited about how God will continue to allow us to build those relationships and cultivate uh, that that togetherness. Um, but last week, uh, like I said, or two weeks ago, we took a deep dive into what it looks like for us to rebuild. Um, 
and for God to allow us to do something new. And, and this is not to say, right, this whole series reset is not to say that we need to just throw everything out and to say that the old was terrible and it didn't have any purpose. Because I think what God is doing here is, is he's given us an opportunity to kind of reshape some things. And I think God is really divinely working, not just here at Bethel Community Church, but all around the world to really... Uh, uh, provide an opportunity for Christians to kind of rise up and to say, let's think about this for a second. Let's rethink some things and reset some things in our hearts and in our minds and really get back to like maybe what what is God intended? And so it's caused us kind of to press pause for a little bit. It's kind of allows us allowed us to have a little bit of an opportunity to kind of reflect and to say, man, God, what do you, what do you want for us in this season? And uh, what do you, not, because here's the deal, sometimes we look at God and be like, what do you want from me? But it's not, not so much what, what he wants from us, but is he wants what he wants for us. And that's what we don't want to miss. And so in talking with Pastor Ray um, the last couple of weeks and just thinking through what this whole thing looks like is we really want to take our time. We want to take our time to really dig in and say, okay, God, what is it that you have for us in this season? Because we don't want to miss it. We don't, we don't want to miss it as leaders. We don't want our church family to miss it uh, as people that he's assembled together, that he's called together to gather, to worship him and to glorify him and to serve one another. We don't want to miss uh, that. And so uh, last week uh, or two weeks ago, Pastor Ray said, in order for us to rebuild we need total involvement. We saw in Ezra chapter 3, I think I said Ezekiel earlier. Yep, I did. Thank you for confirming that. It wasn't Ezekiel, but it was Ezra, okay? So for those of you watching online, don't tune out. I got it wrong, okay? So Ezra chapter 3, verse 8, uh, and, and it talked about how the workforce was rebuilt, or the workforce to rebuild the temple of the Lord was made up of everyone who returned from exile, Okay, the children of Israel were unified in accomplishing the mission together. It required all of them to come together and use their skills and their abilities and what God had gifted them to be able to, to accomplish the mission that had been set before them. They put their money and their hands to the task. They did not ignore the work of God. And this week, I want us to turn our attention to what that functionally looks like here at Bethel for, uh, for us as a church family. What does it look like for all of us to put our hands and our resources and everything to the, to the work of God to, so that we don't miss what God is actually trying to do in not only your life personally, but in the life of this church and this body of believers that have gathered together? You might be asking yourself, well, I don't really have anything to offer. I'm just kind of like, you may come in week in, week out, and you may just walk through the doors. You may find your seat. You listen to a message. Maybe you do some devotions at home, and that's perfectly fine. And, and, you just, you just, and then you just walk out the door. You have some good relationships. You talk to people and everything. But I, wanna, I want us to really focus in on, uh, I want us to drop in on 1 Corinthians chapter 12, where Paul's kind of addressing this church in Corinth, and he actually says some things that kind of shook some things up for me in my mind. As I think about what God's doing here at Bethel, as I think about you guys and I, and I bring, there's faces that God brings to my mind and, and people that I've seen in action that actually step up and, and serve and love one another super well. And so I want us to look at that. So if you would, turn your Bibles to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, and we're going uh, to look at that this morning. 
Um, but I, before, as you guys are turning there, um, you, you can uh, access it. If you don't have a paper Bible, you can access it on the, the live event in the Bible app. Um, and there will be some other stuff in there this morning that I refer to as well. So if you have that, go ahead and pull it up. If you're watching online, uh, go ahead and pull that up as well so you can follow along. Uh, but some history of the, the Corinthians was that they, uh, Paul saw some, some issues. Um, and if you read the first part of Corinthians, you'll see that the church was divided and at odds with one another because they misunderstood the basic principle of life, that life was not actually about them. Um, and we say here all the time at Bethel, it's not about me, it's about Jesus. It's not about me, it's about others. And we've made that kind of our mantra here. And I think that God is actually using that in an incredible way to actually help us put ourselves aside and say, you know what, I'm going to consider others better than myself. I'm going to consider others before myself. And it's a beautiful thing that's happening, I think, here at Bethel. But in the city of Corinth, they were in the, in the midst of the, uh, this pagan city. Right, And so they had pressure on all sides to actually look like the world, right? There was this pressure, like they saw the, what the world looked like outside of them. And, and if life became about them and what they wanted, then there was like this pull, this natural temptation to say, ah, oh, like I want that, but God has actually invited me into this. And so there was this tension there that they experienced because they lived amongst, uh, among pagan uh, people. And we're going to read, uh, we're going to read a little bit more about that. Uh, later, but one of the things that divided them was actually something that God designed for their good and for His glory, right? And it was this idea of like spiritual gifts. So, if you put your faith and trust in Jesus, if you are a follower of Jesus, then God actually indwells you with His Spirit, and He's actually empowered you to do something for the glory of God and for the good of others. And what had happened in the church in Corinth is they actually began to create this almost this religious caste system to say, "There's." Um, like, I'm better than you because I have this gift, and, and you're not as good as me because you haven't received this gift yet. And they, they created this division among the church, and it was like, I'm better than you, you're better than me. And they became to, uh, they came at odds with one another. And so let's drop in and see what Paul has to say uh, in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. He says this, Now, dear brothers and sisters, regarding your question about the special abilities that the Spirit gives us, he says, I don't want you to misunderstand this. Um, in, in verse two, he says, you know that when you were still pagans, you were led astray and swept along in the worshiping of speechless idols. So I want you to know that no one speaking by the spirit of God will curse Jesus and no one can actually say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. And this is important because he says, no one can proclaim the name of Jesus except by the Holy Spirit. And so he's trying to bring them together and unify and say, hey, listen, this isn't actually about you. Like, you wouldn't be able to do this on your own. And he says in verse 4, he says, There are different kinds of spiritual gifts, but the same Spirit is the source of them all. He says there are different kinds of service, but we serve the same Lord. God works in different ways, but it is the same God who does the work in all of us. In verse 7, he says, A spiritual gift, and this is what I don't want you to miss this morning, a spiritual gift has been given to each of us, don't miss this. Why? So we can help each other. In verse number 11, he, he says, it is the one and only spirit who distributes all of these gifts. He alone decides which gift each person should have. 
And so they were at odds with one another trying to compete and say, oh man, I want that gift. I want that gift. I want to be able to do this. I want to be able to do that. Instead of trusting God that he had actually equipped them to do everything that he had asked them to do. It says the spirit alone, it is God alone who decides which, one, which gift they should have. And he says, don't misunderstand this. So I don't want us, he says, there's obviously something important here that I don't want you to miss. And this is it. So we're not going to focus this morning uh, because I, for the sake of time, we don't have time to walk through some of those gifts that he mentions here, but that's not the point this morning. I want to I begin to lay a foundation. In the next couple of weeks, we're going to begin to unpack some of these, uh, these gifts that we find in Scripture that he's, the, the Spirit of God has actually empowered you with to be able to use for the glory of God and for the good of others. Don't worry, we're, we're going to get there, but I want to lay a foundation, and it's simply this, that God has gifted you, and you do have something to bring to the table. But here's the kicker, okay? God hasn't gifted you for you. It was not for your benefit that you've been gifted, but for the benefit of others. Check out verse number seven again. He says, a spiritual gift has been given to each of us so we can help each other. In other words, you've been gifted to be a gift. Now, do you benefit from your gift? Yeah, absolutely. I think when we actually walk in purpose and we actually operate in the way that God has designed us to operate, we find an incredible amount of joy and fulfillment because it's life doesn't become about us. It becomes about the people that God has placed around us and it becomes about the glory of God. And this is an important thing for us not to miss. So do we benefit from it? Yeah, in some ways we find joy and fulfillment and satisfaction and actually walking in purpose and it gives us passion because we know that our life is for something, not just for us. But you were designed for the good of others, for the glory of God and for the good of others. And here's the thing, a side note, uh, that God does not compare what he creates. So God is not measuring you up against someone else here in the room or in our community. God's not saying, oh, well, they operate like this and I, I, he's the one that gifted you. Right? You're not the one that chose it. And that's what the, the, the Corinthians were dealing with this issue was like they felt like they had done something incredibly spiritual to be able to earn this gift. And so it put others off to the side that didn't have that. They're like, oh, well, you're not, you're not quite at my level yet. And it's like, this is ridiculous. God's not the one who gave you that gift, or, or you're not the one who earned that gift, but it's God who gave you that gift. And so use it to build one another up in love. And so let's continue reading in um, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 12 through 7, uh, or 12 through 27. He says this, starting in verse number 12. He says, The human body has many parts, but the many parts make up the whole body. So it is with the body of Christ. So it is with the body of Christ. And so he says in verse 13, Some of us are Jews, some are Gentiles, some are slaves, some are free. So you, you see this eclectic group of people that are different, that are brought together under the Spirit of God for the purpose of worshiping God and serving one another. It's incredible. He says in verse uh, 14, he says, Yes, the body has many different parts, just not just one part. If the foot says, I'm not a part of the body because I'm not a hand, he says, that does not make it any less part of the body. In verse 16, he says, if the ear says, I'm not part of the body because I'm not an eye, would it make it any less part of the body? If the whole body were an eye, how would you hear? Or if the whole body were an ear, how would you even smell anything? In verse 18, but our bodies have, been, have many parts and God, get this, and God has put each part just where he wants it. 
It's not about us. You didn't choose it. God has gifted you with it, and he put you just where you want it. He designed you just the way he wanted you to be. And God's not comparing you to the person sitting next to you. God's not comparing you to the person that's sitting across the room. He's asking, will you use this to walk in obedience to me and what I have for you and to build one another up in love? He goes on to say, if you skip down to verse 29, he says, this makes for harmony among the members so that all the members care for each other. If one part suffers, all parts suffer with it. And if one part is honored, then all parts are glad. So it's not about you getting glory because if we're functioning as a healthy body that's coming together to worship God and serve others, then it's not about me getting the glory. It's not about me standing up here on the stage and saying, oh, praise Reuben. It's not about that. It's not about you doing, exercising your gifts so we can say, so we can applaud you. It's about you coming together because if something's happening with you, if you're unhealthy, then the body's unhealthy. And if you're honored, then the whole body is built up because then we come together and it's actually about all of us collectively worshiping God for his glory. And he says in verse 27, he says, all of you, Together are Christ's body, and each of you is a part of it. You are a part of it. It's not if, you are a part of it. You saw there, he says, if the eye says that I'm not part of, or he says, if um, I'm not part of the, if, sorry, if the foot says I'm not a part of the body because I'm not a hand, it does not make it any less part of the body. So you are part of the body whether you have owned that or not or if you stepped into that or not. You're part of it because God has gifted you for it. You're part of the body whether you've come to terms with it or not. This is not your own doing. It is God who made you part of the body when he rescued you and redeemed you and he gave you new life. Because of what God has done you all have something to offer, whether you choose to use it or not. But let me be very clear. Let me be very clear. If you choose not to use it, the body will suffer. If I were to walk around and my, my knee was not working properly, it would look pretty weird, wouldn't it? I look different. I don't, I'm not functioning in a healthy way. If you chopped off my head, where what what like well I'll die but yeah comic relief right there yeah that's a reality I would die and I wouldn't be able to function at all but like so the question many people are asking right now is do I need the church and my fear is that that's a wrong question what if we started asking does the church need me and the answer to that question is yes emphatically, yes, because without you, we suffer. Without you, we cannot function in the way that God intended for us to function because you've been gifted by the Spirit of God for the glory of God and for the good of others. And so if you choose to just sit, listen, and leave, the, bo the body cannot function in a healthy way. It's not about you, and it's about the worship of God and the benefit of others. So do you need the church? There's many people right now in our society and in our culture that are saying no. But the church sure needs you because you have something to offer for the glory of God and for the benefit of others. And if you choose to never use it and you withhold it, the body suffers. 
So I want you to turn to the person next to you, turn to the people in this room and begin to look around and say, if I choose to use my gift, if I choose to withhold my gift, then the people that I know and love around me actually suffer and we cannot function the way that God intended us to. If the church was about you, then technically you could say, no, I don't need it. But if it's about the glory of God and the good of others, then yes, you need the church and yes, the church needs you. You are a functioning member with gifts given by the Spirit of God for the building up of his body in love. And without you, it could not function properly or in a healthy way. I think sometimes we put Sunday morning, we we put church in the box of Sunday morning. And so let me be very clear of what we're doing today. Right? This is not the church, right? This is a worship gathering where we come to worship who? Jesus, we come to worship God Almighty. We didn't come to worship you. We didn't come to worship me. And my hope and my prayer every time that I step up on the stage is that I would point you to him, that you wouldn't look up on the stage and say, oh, Ruben's a great job, does a great job. I pray that you would look at, at, at me and hear the words that I'm saying and say, Jesus is so good. God is so good. This is not about me. This is not about you. This is about him. It's for the glory of God and the worship of God and the good of others and the benefit of others. And so let me be very clear. Sunday morning is a worship gathering, and we do not gather to worship us, but we gather to worship Jesus and be reminded again about all that he has done for us. And in response to his love that we've experienced through him, we can come together week after week and love one another. We can serve one another. We can pray for one another. We encourage one another. How many of you guys walked in the building today and somebody said hi to you? Somebody lifted you up? Somebody actually asked how your week was going? That's important that we come alongside one another, that we encourage one another. Whether you have a specific role or a specific job on a Sunday morning is not the point. The point is, am I, am I living my life? Am I stepping into this arena hoping that I will actually benefit someone else or am I stepping into it for me? When I show up, when I'm here, when I'm gathered together with other people who claim to know and love the same God, what do I have to offer that will help somebody else, that will build somebody else in love, that will actually point somebody to Jesus and not me? So we gather, we love one another, we serve one another, we pray for one another, we encourage one another, we give so that the other people in our community and around the world can experience the same love that we've experienced. And the list goes on and on. Have you ever heard the phrase that there's no I in team? If you've played sports or grown up around sports, uh, you have probably, most likely, it's almost a guarantee that you've probably heard that phrase. If you've played any sort of team sport at all, you've heard a coach or a teammate or someone, maybe that they were mad at you, (laughs) said, hey man, there's no I in team. And there's actually a lot of value in that phrase. Because if you stop and actually really think about it, How many times have you witnessed something go south when one person tries to do it all? How much damage have we seen on teams, in families, in cities, in communities, and even churches when someone tries to make life all about them? You guys are probably thinking in your minds right now, yeah, I've seen it. I've seen it happen on sports teams that I follow. I've seen it happen on sports teams that I played on growing up. 
I've seen it happen on sports teams that I'm actually involved with right now. I've seen it happen in families. It potentially has happened in your family. I don't know your, all your family history and all your family experiences, but some of you have, have experienced the damage and the wreckage that comes along when somebody says, I want to make life all about me. And so let me say it once again, there's no I in team and there's no I in church. We cannot do this apart from other people. We cannot function in a healthy way if we make it about us. The church was the body of Christ. It is the body of Christ and we're gifted so that we could all be active participants not passive bystanders who seek what's in it for us. In other words, you weren't designed to sit, you were designed to serve, and God has a purpose for you. And so as the band makes their way out and, and begins to play, I, I, want to, I want us to really take a second and think about this. What would happen if we no longer viewed church as something that we go to to receive something, but instead viewed it as something that we were a part of for the glory of God and for the good of others, and that we actually had something to bring to the table. What would happen if every single day we woke up looking for opportunities to make much of Jesus in our communities, in our homes, in our workplaces, and we actually lived for opportunities to give ourselves to others so that the people around us may know him and be rescued by him. God's desire is for you to know that you are gifted and you do have something to contribute to the building up of the body so we can function in a healthy way as God intended so that the world may know that he is God by the way that we love one another and serve one another. Because here's what happens, church, is when you walk in and you make that shift in your mind that this isn't about me, somebody who is far from God and doesn't know God sees the way that we function and actually love one another and serve one another, and they say, I want to be a part of that. I've not experienced that in anywhere else that I've gone. The church should be different. You look at the business world, you look at the climbing the corporate ladder and, and our society and our world screams at us, make it to the next level, get to the top. And Jesus says, humble yourself to come to the bottom so that you can actually serve other people. And when somebody walks in and they see that we actually care and love one another and serve one another, they think to themselves, I actually want to be a part of that. And so here's what I'm going to ask you to do this week. Some of you, the reality is some of you won't, but I really hope you will. On the Bible app, I've, I've included a link 
for a spiritual gifts assessment. And the, the link is also going to be on the screen. It's mybethel.cc forward slash gifts. And it is a downloadable one. It's not like an online one that you can fill out. So I know it's a little bit inconvenient. But if you'll take the time this week to actually print it out, or you can do it right there on your screen. You can just print out the answer sheet if you want. And it's not a test. It's a starting point for you to begin to recognize. And this is what I want you to understand. You were designed not to sit, but to serve. And God has gifted you to function as part of the body. So that's, remove that from our minds. Do I have something to offer? Do I bring something to the table? Yes, you do. Not because you're something awesome, but because God is awesome and he's done it for you and he's gifted you on purpose to serve a purpose. And so if you will this week, take that assessment and then actually bring it back. I'm not saying that you're gonna like, a light bulb's gonna come on and you're gonna figure out all of life's problems just by taking this assessment. But I am gonna say it's actually a starting point for you to begin to think about what is it that God has gifted me to bring to the table for his glory and for the good of others so that people in our community and people in our world may know that he is God and that he is in the business of rescuing and redeeming mankind to himself. And when we function in a healthy way, the world looks in and says, wow, I want that. And there will be times where you fail. There's times almost on a daily, even weekly basis that I forget and I forget and I begin to make it all about me again. I function, even the good things that I do, I do with the motivation of like, man, what's in it for me? We will fail. There will be times where we do it. But remember that it wasn't for you. You weren't designed for you. You were designed for the benefit of others. And God has gifted you for the benefit of others. And so when we fail, when we mess up, when we forget and we make it all about us, God's grace is available to us. And we can run to him again and again and again. And we can say, God, I need your help because I'm tempted to make life about me. And I know that it's not. And I want it to be about you. I want it to be for your glory and for the good of others. And so help me to make it that. And let's run to him again and again. And so let's stand and sing this together. Run to the Father as we were, we're reminded that God's grace is available and we can run to him again and again 